Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to our continuing off-season for Bonfireside Chat, talking about these Souls-like games. Want to let you know, if you want to support the network, you can go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and kick us a couple of bucks a month, uh, up to several bucks a month, and uh, get some cool stuff in return, we think. It is how we can do so many shows across this network about such a wide variety of things, not just video games, but so much else. Um, and uh, we were, we're very grateful for the support that we get. So uh, once again, go check out patreon.com slash DougFeedTV. And yeah, hope you, uh, hope you like what you see there. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And you're listening to Bonfire Side Chat. It is a fuchsia favorite. Yep. And this week we are starting or continuing our uh, off season here talking about uh, games that might be Souls likes um, by talking about Hyper Light Drifter, which is kind of a top down 8 and 16 bit style action game developed by an indie team that calls themselves Hurt Machine uh, for the PC, Mac, PS4, and Xbox One here uh, last year in uh, 2016. Yeah, yeah. This is this is something that uh, has been on my radar at least for like a very long time. Yeah, um, uh, ever since even, it's a Kickstarter back in uh, like yeah. 2013 or something like that. I remember just hearing the name and having no, not thinking. You know, I didn't look at a trailer or anything, mm-hmm. uh, just because you know I, I, it's not in my instincts to like watch a game trailer, right? Um, generally, and uh, the thinking it would be an entirely different kind of game. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's a racing game name, <laughs> uh, and it's it's not a racing game. No. Uh, I don't know why it's called what it is. Um, yeah. And this is, so this is, it's interesting because this, uh, you know, always we try to say what, why something belongs here. Mm-hmm. And this is something also ended up on our radar because it, I think that um, I, had, I had a real journey <laughs> where I was like, some people are like, it's like a souls. Like, I'm like, cool. And then I played it thinking it was, and it wasn't. And, I, and then I was like, I don't like this. And then I like came around on it and now I like it. Uh, but yeah. it's, it's only kind of should be here. Like there are a couple of things it has in common. Yeah. Actually, it's not I, as much of a slam dunk as maybe I thought it would be as far as being souls esque. Yeah. I've got a couple of justifications in the, uh, in the center of the generalities after we get the, after we mm. get the basic part of this out. But yeah, it's, um, it's definitely of a different stripe, um, yes. than even the more just kind of like, let's say hectic souls like stuff that we've, uh, that we've looked at. This actually forms a pretty good pair with Momodora. Because they're both of similar fidelities, picking up on kind of different different sides of this uh, p- different sides of this idea, um, you know, of like souls informed indie game. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Well, we will we will get into it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the uh, the developer has said that his inspirations uh, were not souls. Mm-hmm. Um, he says uh, Link to the Past and Diablo. Uh, one of those makes sense. Yeah. Uh, for this, I think. <laughs> um, yeah. And the overall kind of what you're doing in the game is there are these four different hub regions off of a main spoke. You know, to head there, defeat the bosses, raise their monolith, and collect uh, enough of these little power nodes. Yes. To uh, access the final area. Yeah. 
Uh, this is top-down. It's a very quick game, um, and you have these two primary attacks, either uh, a laser sword that lets you do some uh, you know, very basic uh, combos. You know, you do these little dashes, um, and yep. also different... Unsalted What's pizza. that? <laughs> Unsalted pizza. I don't understand what. As the, as the most basic of combos you can do oh okay yeah it wasn't yeah. good I just, yeah. <laughs> no i just it's that. been forever since i thought about combos oh <laughs> you know you know pocket comp like, <laughs> do you think a comp <laughs> yeah you, 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 you jam a comp <laughs> you jam a comp um, okay. yeah you jam, jam a comp jam a comp yeah and uh you keep you keep a couple snack comps yeah uh in 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 your in your pocket and then someone's like hey do you have a comb and it's like, spelled the same way but no 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 <laughs> crunch and then you move on yeah with your tasty self yeah huh okay yeah I, it has it, it been <laughs> literally it's been so long since i've thought about combos i think like the last time i had one was like from a concession stand at a little league game this conversation is 100 percent going to get me to buy combos next time i'm at a convenience store yeah the same probably. way that like i get chicken wings inception into my mind and, and, and like pretty frequently on the show yeah. um, the, uh, <laughs> well you also combos, live next yeah. to a very good chicken wing place so. and it just just the word it's like i'm the manchurian can i'm like the manchurian candidate when it comes to <laughs> snacking on chicken wings like it activates my eat phrase and i have to yeah. go over there and get some blue dip yep. oh man uh it activates your grill phrase yep. yeah there you go yeah <laughs> so so yeah, you you, you have the uh, kind of basic combo attacks, um, and also you have uh, you have guns, which fortunately you don't have to get ammo. They actually recharge with your slashes, um, kind of giving you this uh, kind of back and forth, um, you, you know, forcing you not forcing you, but encouraging you to uh, to, to to mix them up. The guns yes. are pr- really useful. Yes, um, and they uh, they charge uh, kind of like kinetically. Like I imagine, it reminded me of like No More Heroes. Yeah, like yeah. when you kind of shake your sword back and forth, like a little little thing in there, and you can also it's slashing your sword at any object, so it doesn't have to be enemies. It's encouraging a mixing up of your tactics, but every area has tons of like you know bushes and and crates and stuff to smash detritus to get more ammo. Yeah, there's <laughs> just gonna be eventually of, tubes of tubes of precious life. Yeah, yeah, eventually just fetuses. Yeah, that you just smash to mm-hmm. to, uh, to get it. Um, Trenchant yeah. commentary. <laughs> yes um you have this little uh this little dash thing that i've heard called a drift um oh, in this, and this is your little your little combat dodge slash jump thing that you can do um it's very fast it only goes in uh you know it's it's unidirectional uh, eventually you can kind of upgrade it to do it multiple times in a row mm-hmm. kind of change directions um use this to to dodge and to get through gaps and you can also kind of power this up with things um this does have iframes it didn't used to. So right. there's a lot of um, – I played this at release, and I liked it a lot less than I did this version. Like I still have a couple quibbles with this version, but the release version I think is significantly worse. And yeah. one of the things about it is it didn't have dodge frames, which like, yes, you can just kind of dodge out of the way, but I'm so used to iframes. Like, yeah, like that, 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 it, is such a, that, that is such an important lesson to learn in Souls that like dodge isn't just about moving you out of the way. It's about timing so, so you can take advantage of your iframes. Yes, um, even though it doesn't quite uh, get to the soul's point, you can't uh, dodge through enemies right? Uh, in this, which I reflexively tried to do a few times and, and was punished for it. Right. And that's that's a problem with our inertia when it, when it comes to this. Again, yeah, exactly. It was coming at this feeling like it was going to be more soulsy than it was, yeah. I think, or at least for me. Yeah. 
Um, um, yeah. You have kind of limited currency, um, and this currency kind of encourages you to explore. Uh, you're going to primarily use this to uh, to upgrade yourself. So, like, uh, the game changes significantly once you get the ability to reflect projectiles with your sword. Yes, or to um, dash through, or, or to dash through projectiles, or any number. Of, like the upgrades are all uh, the upgrades part of this is a is a double edged sword for me because like in kind of general terms, mm-hmm. because uh, they're all amazingly useful. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that like this is a big Ubisoft menu full of shit you don't care about. Oh, shotguns <laughs> do plus three percent damage. Udalali, you know, um, <laughs> it, it, they're all uh, they're all meaningful upgrades. The game has a weird difficulty curve because of this though because you can visit the areas in any order and the game just gets easier like a fully upgraded hyper light drifter character is so powerful yeah versus how you start out and the game doesn't get that much harder so it is a real downhill slope as far as trickiness goes yeah because of largely because of these upgrades where Mm -hmm. like you know just literally or uh, being able to bat projectiles back um all of them are meaningful and huge Mm -hmm. um and that the uh, that exploration piece, it's kind of interesting. The way the batteries work is like heart containers. Yeah, um, you have to get four little little bits before you get the full battery to spend. Mm-hmm. So it kind of that you can kind of see some Zelda mirroring there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, like the exploration is actually pretty fun. Like I really enjoy looking uh, at a particular screen and saying like, oh, I could probably like shimmy along that ledge or I wonder if I can dash to that to that thing. Like that kind of ended up being the thing I like doing the most in this game Mm. (laughs) was was like poking at the edges. The combat's very fun, but like that is about my speed when it comes to this stuff. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I like I like that stuff, too. I think that there's a little bit of, uh, you know, with uh with how they reward you mm-hmm. for that um is a little bit like uh inelegant a little bit but we'll we'll talk about it yeah yeah um the um so the the map is somewhere below a regular map and somewhere above like a fallout map <laughs> as far as usefulness yeah um you know it is uh it kind of tells you the general direction things are in but because you have barriers and cliffs and changes in elevation between you and that mm-hmm. that thing um, it is not uh, always easy to make your way there, which can become frustrating because um, essentially what this game is, is a uh, like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. Like go to this wing. You have to beat the boss, which that part's pretty straightforward, but you also have to collect four dinguses. Yeah. And if you uh, you have this vague notion of where the dinguses are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the map kind of helps. Um, kind of awesome. like the quicker you realize that the map is not literal and you intuit the idea that you're looking for both connections and just kind of vaguely outlined landmarks, the quicker you're going to realize that like, you just have to look at this with your eyes kind of blurred. It, it's got this weird, uh, level of, uh, uh, quantification where your character does not appear one-to-one on the map in any way. No, um, moves around like little screen. stops. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you shunt over a large distance. And it's like, well, what I wanted to get was between those two spots. <laughs> yep. You know, why why didn't I run into it or why didn't I find that thing? So it just kind of vaguely tells you this is where you need to spend more time pushing against those seams. Yeah. Which I don't really have a problem with it. But it's also near the end when I was like, oh, I'm down two of these dinguses to op- unlock the end game. I got a little frustrated with it. Yeah. Like well, when I, mean, I did the map, it failed me a little bit. Yeah, it's, it's 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 that like diminishing possibility of return or whatever. Like the 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 one hundredth dingus is going to be harder to find than the first one, yes, just because, because there are yeah, fewer out there, fewer possibilities. And you don't have to get all the dinguses; you only have right. to get some of them. But I still going through the game naturally. I got uh, thirteen of the sixteen dinguses I needed. Yeah. So. 
Yeah. Yeah. So um, as you're going about doing this, you know, trying to find the dinguses, you also get um, items. So you pick up the, the battery currency that we, that we mentioned before and health pickups, which are very limited and lead to, I think, some of the uh, problems that I have with the next point that I have here, which is this is a very, very hard game. It's really hard. Um, did you play it on normal or did you play it on easy mode? Um, so what I did was I said, "Hey, I'm going to start this on normal, and when I get frustrated, I'm going to I'm going to lower it down." Um, and I got through the entire north wing, uh, beat my head head up against the boss for about an hour, and said, mm-hmm. "Nope, that's not going to happen." So I I took it down to easy. So take away my half of the amulet if you care about that. Yeah, the, yeah, the, uh, the, the Neo, the Neos are coming, Cole. No, no. Um, the, uh, yeah, the, um, yeah, I did, I mean, very similar thing where I just, but I had made my first run at it in normal. Mm. And then for the serious run for the show, I was like, nah, um, <laughs> you don't lose content. Um, it's pretty balanced for, for the lesser difficulty mode, mm-hmm. um, at least in the beginning. So like, I realized earlier, I was like, you get all these upgrades, it becomes too easy at the end, or it's like an inverse, you know, difficulty curve. That still kind of speaks of a weirdness to it. Mm-hmm. I think that like what is probably true is that a fully upgraded hyperlight drifter is balanced for normal mode from the start. Uh, but it, but a, you have to be a, a, an un-upgraded hyperlight drifter is balanced for easy mode at the start. Yeah, you know, so it still it still ends up being pretty hard either way. But uh, so you still have this kind of weird crisscross <laughs> difficulty curve. It's either downhill or uh, you know flat if yeah. you're playing on normal yeah um the uh the, the the biggest difference i noticed in easy mode was, was the uh the presence of an extra um maximum health unit mm-hmm. at the start which makes a big difference because you know you're we're talking about the difference between four and five hits well and and well sometimes like tons of things do more than than one unit of well, health of course, too yeah. so like yeah it makes it makes a very big difference um talking a little bit about how health works in this game um something that i again my own preconceptions i had to shatter uh and they actually patched this in for the while because other people wanted this. Like, I'm not alone. If people are, are huge Hyperlight Drifter fans, and I like it too, but if people are huge fans and they're driving, they're going crazy hearing me talk about it, like, I'm not the only one uh, because I wanted to work like Estes. Yep. Um, like, I have three when I start out from town. You know, I, I have my three no matter what. Uh, when I die, I start with my full health to try this encounter again. Um, it doesn't work that way. Right. Um, and they patched that in very briefly uh, because other people wanted it to work like Estes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they patched it out. Uh, they decided they didn't like it. Um, probably because, yeah, I mean, it would make things too easy. The other mm-hmm. reason is it ruins their exploration structure. Right. Because if they, uh, health kits are the main reason why you want to explore. Mm-hmm. If you're getting money during all those times, you'll get fully powered in like a third of the time. They have to put something in those nooks and crannies. So they have to have the health system they have. Yeah. Um, I still found it early on very frustrating because there is a uh, it leaves you with like kind of two options. Mm-hmm. Um, if you do a very hard encounter, uh, you'll usually start with the number of health that you have uh, when you enter a whatever the checkpoint is. Right. But if you got through a really hard encounter, you go into a new checkpoint. You have one health potion or <laughs> zero health potions. You can just get stuck trying that over and over until you decide to go reset the level or grind. Yeah. Uh, you know, go go to back to places when you go back to town. Um, it repopulates all the health pickups. Yeah. So you can do that and you can kind of farm for them, but you no know, farming is bad. <laughs> and uh, so I, got, I found it very frustrating. Like the first time I played through it, I was furious at this. I was like, man, you just, you're just going to keep throwing the same fucking super hard encounter at me with no health. Yeah. And, and that's, that's not worth my, my frustration bucks. <sighs> yep. <laughs> um, 
And uh, it still kind of does that. Like it's still, but playing on easier mode, having that extra health point, and I think that the pickups might be more frequent as well mm-hmm. in easier mode, um, made a big difference. Yeah. And it, it just like, it made it, so the beginning was very hard. The end was fun, not that hard, but still very fun mm-hmm. and, uh, and made that health system kind of work. But you can kind of see the lattice of how they relate to each other because they need a reason for you to poke at those, those ledges and, and corners and stuff. Yeah. I mean, once I grew my patience callus on this, everything was fine. Like I still got into those, still got into those places where I was kind of guttering out on mm-hmm. on health and just again resetting the entire level but like growing to accept that hey this is just the game works and you're going to iterate through it w- w- was kind of exactly what i needed in order to in order to get through it for the show for me i mean did that um and i'm not saying it necessarily did but just as a question did that coincide with you getting like even the very first upgrade i got made such a big difference to things like uh, so my, my getting that patience callus or getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I get this, mm-hmm. uh, in retrospect and looking at it, it was like, oh, I didn't, I don't like, I get it, but it's only partly that the other thing is like, I can dash through projectiles now and that's huge, okay. you know, like it, you actually, yeah. your verb set just gets so much more powerful that like, I didn't know if I was getting more patient or getting more skilled necessarily. I mean, I'm sure there's a little bit of that, yeah, but I was like, also just getting a huge new verb set. Like, 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 like both of them are happening, but even, you know, maybe this is just my own, my, my own level of skill. I still found myself getting in these, getting in these shitty little loops, um, even up to, even up to the last one, but like nowhere near as bad as, you know, starting from zero and trying to accelerate beyond, you know, kind of getting stuck in that churn. This is going to sound, and this is not me. I mean, keep in mind, I played it on easy, and I'm scared of Neo. Uh, yeah, if also, anybody wants also, to think I'm... I'm oh, go ahead. Also, I'm not complaining about it. It's just something that I had to get over. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's not It's not objectively a flaw. It's like part of it is expectations, and part of it is... Yeah. But it's going to say, um, you know, I'm not saying this to your gamer cred, because I have those marks against my cred already, but after the first boss, I didn't die again until the last boss oh. uh, of the game. So It wasn't the case for me. After I could do things... It made sense for me, but mm. I don't know if that means I want those things to be there from the beginning. I don't know what I would, how I'd fix this like game design Gordian knot that this is. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I mean, um, you, I forget what upgrades I picked first, but you may have just like won the lottery. That because, could be too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because like even though a lot of this stuff is very useful, like I got a grenade early on, which is useful, but nowhere near as kind of game changing as reflecting projectiles. Yeah, which know? is just. You know, I mean, I feel like you could probably argue that should have been in the game, right? you know, and that that points to like something that is really interesting. And we talked about a lot in the Bloodborne season, something I pay attention to in games more often is how you handle your reward structure or your upgrade paths mm-hmm. and how those things connect. Yeah. You know, because if they had if they had made that a verb from the beginning of the game, which I don't think is a bad idea, um, that dis- that just has connections to everything and disincentivize exploration. And then they have to come up with something different for all the, you know, the batteries they know you're going to spend on that. Mm hmm. You know, that's a because it's it's that's what, 12, 12 little battery things you have to find to get that. So, like, they have to come up with something different for those 12 spots. Yeah. um, Essentially. So it is it's complicated. Yeah. I mean, it's just ceiling versus floor. Yeah. 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 I even uh, even getting the first uh, gun that I got made a really big difference, too. Mm. Because you just find those out in the world, too. Yeah. You get them from uh, being bosses often or they're near bosses. Yeah. Um, The first one that I got was from the north and it was after the boss. Yeah. Um, but the, uh, cause I, I think your first gun is kind of trash. Mm-hmm. Um, so as we mentioned, uh, the game is really tricky. We're kind of going on a, a side tangent, but that's okay. <laughs> um, the, uh, the main reason why it's tricky is because it, uh, puts a lot of things on the screen. 
Um, so the hardest encounters in this game, and I would say harder than the bosses as well, um, are these uh, wave-based arena sections where there are just kind of like enemies upon enemies upon enemies. They keep respawning. Um, several of them have these kind of bullet hell-esque attacks mm-hmm. that they do that will kind of spread out on a fan. It's not as bullet hell as Gungeon or bullet hell as a, you know, an actual bullet hell shooter. Right. But um, there's just a lot of things to dodge. <laughs> yep. And, uh, and, uh, and it becomes a, very tricky. Yeah, there's a lot of order of operations um, in there as well. And often between these uh, between these waves, they will change up the arena as well by raising or lowering uh, walls or dropping out floors, things like that. Like, And also there's no indication of when these waves are going to end. So yes. like, they become little miniature endur- endurance challenges. And if you don't pace yourself correctly, you can, you can leave yourself uh, depleted of resources um, at the very end. Yeah. 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 Winning. I mean, sometimes I think this might, I don't know if this is an easy mode thing or if this isn't all of them, but I usually find a health or two afterwards. Yeah. Um, but that can make a big difference because near the end, when I have five health total mm-hmm. or five Estuses rather, um, using all of them on one of these encounters and getting refilled up to two is still a big deal. Yes. You know, like that's still a, that's still a blow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's interesting the way the, these work. And it's one of the things too, that like, I wasn't expecting these when I was expecting a souls kind of thing, because mm-hmm. like you sometimes have to fight a lot of enemies at once in a souls game, but it's not like this, like this felt like Robotron or something, yeah. you know, Robotron or Gungeon or something like that. It didn't like, feel like, like risk of rain a little bit too. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like, like that kind of thing, like as opposed to, uh, I'm going to consider this enemy and then consider my approach and then execute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it became, it, it's much more Twitch action than I expected. Yes. And there's a little bit like they do a pretty good job of introducing the different enemies in a in a spoke um, kind of in a, in a linear fashion and then mixing them up um, alongside introducing environmental hazards and mixing them up with that as well. It's just that that combination that ends up being it's the combination and the franticness is where they ratchet up the difficulty on you as opposed to any one particular thing being complex or difficult to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think yeah, it, it it does that already. It does mix up things pretty well. I think I do think there's a dearth of enemies in this game. Yeah, I think that, they, and they, they lean on the goblins on on the vat goblins a little bit. Much. Yeah, vat goblins show up a lot, and you deal with enemies the same way a lot of the time. Yeah, uh, you know, it's it like dodge to the side and attack. Like yeah. it's gonna charge or jump or you know charge or jump really. Yeah, um, like enemies, you do a lot of the same thing. So it it doesn't have that kind of mix up that maybe you know it's not that impressive for that aspect for me, but it does an okay job of at least. Mixing yeah. ranged and close combat units. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we mentioned the easy mode coming in later um, and the iframe thing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. I wasn't aware that they made the health act S to C, but uh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, Gary, let's talk about how this becomes like Souls because I don't know. Like when I was when, when I was putting these notes together, I think that it's pretty superficially like Souls. You know, mm-hmm. and like it, it, it leads with its difficulty as a main selling point. I think that that is part of what got it funded on Kickstarter a little bit. I mm-hmm. think that also that is, you know, a- along with this creator's story, um, part of what helped shape the narrative around this game in sites that would cover it. Um, and, uh, you know, that difficulty mostly leads in, in, in practice to just having this iteration to learn how to get, you know, to get through scenarios, you know? Yeah, sure. Like it, it is. So it definitely it has that difficulty aspect to kind of relate it to the souls. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it has uh, the ex- like and the main thing. It, I, I don't think it actually plays like souls. No, um, you know, enemies don't have uh, like 
there's not stagger really mm-hmm. like enemies will break out of combos like a lot of things i associate with souls that kind of like sl- you know ex- like thoughtfully executed combat mm-hmm. as opposed to like uh, uh you're thrown into a, a pit of scorpions figure it out yeah which is how the combat actually works in this game often um so i don't think it plays like souls in terms of combat at all other than difficulty mm-hmm. um but the way it is a lot like souls is this idea of an oblique story um told through kind of like lonesome exploration um you know and kind of indirectly told right um and that's the that's the main thing i think yeah atmosphere um, um yeah atmosphere a... is is pretty soulsy and also phenomenal we haven't talked about the graphics or sound stuff we'll talk about that in a second yeah but that stuff is is really really incredible in case anybody's like why aren't they talking about the coolest thing about this game <laughs> yep um, we'll, we'll get yeah. there don't worry i've got yeah. i've got so much sugar uh to to, to to lay on that particular part there's no yeah. uh there's no text in the game outside of uh tutorial text uh most of your um or all of your npcs speak in uh pictographs um, and this even extends to your menus um, when you're uh, when you're buying from these uh, from these shopkeepers. Nothing is kind of explained. They just kind of show you a little video or a little diagram of what mm. you're of, of what you're buying. There is text on these coded monoliths that you can uh, that you can activate, uh, but it is in a uh, in, you know in a bizarre codex language. So think like Fez or something like that. Yeah, that people have deciphered. Yep, uh, that's. Uh... And I, I don't like being told to decipher a language in a game. I don't think that's fun for me. Um, and there's, I don't think without that kind of text, I think it's very hard to know what's going on. Yeah. Um, which I think is fine, you know, but it, it is something where like it, it's taking its story, like, and not just like the finer points of its story, but its story kind of in total and really, really obscuring it. Yeah. As opposed to souls where like, you know, you can play through dark souls one and you know, Hey, I'm going to go uh get the four lord souls because uh there's this great fire. Like you know a lot more yeah. going into it. This you know nothing really other than what little is in the introductory cutscene. And then you have to put everything together which is like really really scant information. Yeah. So it's like an order of magnitude more obscure than souls it feels like. Yeah. At the me. surface level, it still it still works. It still conveys the emotion in an abstract oh, 100%. way. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, like I I like it more. I started reading up on what the actual story is, and I like it more not knowing. Um, like I don't I don't think the story is particularly like interesting. Right. I think that the actual just like the the weird shadow of Colossus feeling of like coming across these dead civilizations <laughs> is the strength. I don't need to know about them in this game. No, no, um, or I don't need to need to know what they were trying to work together toward and then fail that. <laughs> yeah yeah like you know. that, that that's not particularly meaningful to me the actual just kind of little tableaus and stuff that you run into are um so i, I what it's it's kind of weird because it sounds like i'm complaining about it but i'm really not it's just it's worth pointing out exactly how obscure the storytelling is yes yeah. in this game um it's mm-hmm. there it's just very very obscure yes um something else that kind of ties this a little bit to souls at least in terms of say like the the the, the undead curse uh your main character uh the, the 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 drifter kind of part of this uh nomadic tribe of people you know who just kind of go around cutting stuff up with lightsabers uh he suffers from a terminal illness um and that is what's making him kind of cough up blood um and and hallucinate every once in a while and it's kind of implied that he's here seeking a cure um, yeah, yeah, and that's kind of not so much stated in the uh, in, in the game itself. You would think he would want to cure himself, um, but uh, that like was in the Kickstarter uh, text in the video, and also just in the in the meta story around it. Mm. Yeah, it's a, he's got like tech flu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know it, it's pretty. It's 
it's pretty hard to um the weird thing he's though, going too, to turn into a cable <laughs> it, it, yeah or yeah he's, he's gonna he's warlocked he's warlocked <laughs> um the uh the issue the weird thing too is though is the fact that there's like these screen distortion distortions mm-hmm. and everything when i first played this i was sure it was a simulation hmm. because like the screen distorts and like in digital like kind of digitally like there are digital effects that make this seem like it's fake yeah with yeah. along with the kind of like the super kind of hyper realized color palette and mm. elevated color palette and stuff i was like oh this is like i'm jacked into something <laughs> you know everything there's kind of this weird like mix of like you know technology and 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 organics yes to some of these things yeah um uh, this game so. was a Kickstarter success story, kind of one of the later entries in that huge wave of indies that kicked off like between uh, 2012 and 2013. Um, they asked for 27,000 and ended up getting um, just over uh, 600,000 instead. Uh, people really kind of jumped on board with this. And so the scope, the scope of the game was kind of massively expanded. Um, and that combined with the, uh, kind of creative director's health problems, led it to go a little bit over on time as they are on a, on timeline as they, mm-hmm. you know, put it together. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a cool story. You know, yes. he did that and stuff. It is a, it's a really neat kind of personal work and it's cool to see where it comes from. Yeah. Um, I'll f- I'll find one of those and and put it in the show notes. Yeah, something yeah. that explains it. The the the, um, the basic idea is Alex Preston, who's the who's the main guy behind this, the person who came up with the idea and kind of led this led this team. Some of which were like volunteers from the L.A. area, um, kind of game dev scene. Um, mm-hmm. He put this together and is kind of built around this uh, his own struggles with kind of like heart conditions and autoimmune conditions and just you know he's he's been in a pretty bad way for most of his life and so this is kind of he wanted to make this game to communicate a little bit of what that of of what that's about and you know that's mm. that's admirable as a goal yeah i think that's cool yeah um yeah uh the game so the the main thing and the first thing you're going to notice when you play it um <laughs> and a big reason why i think that it is uh you know as as popular as it's been not the only reason because it's a good game but one of the reasons <laughs> why it's so has such a draw is because it is uh, hands down without exaggeration one of the prettiest games I've ever played. Yes, um, I think that there, as far as kind of art style and aesthetics go, um, visually this is really top of the pops. Yeah, this is um, it, it falls right into a sweet spot for just being fucking admirable. And yes, and uh, in, in the way they pulled this off, and they make so many great choices with color. Um, the color the color thing is is huge like it's it's the secret weapon of this game yeah is using colors that you don't see elsewise that are just bright and vibrant and like surreal yeah um and the the level of because it's a it's pixel art but um you know i'm not i'm not bored with the gorgeous pixel art it's like it's not like oh fuck you owl boy (laughs) like I, i i think like you can do really really amazing pixel work yeah obviously this is not that though this is more stylized and it looks like um another world or out mm. of this world yeah. a little bit like it's got that kind of like those flat kind of characters that are still so animated in a way that they're not like rotoscoped like like that was mm-hmm. but it's got that kind of feel to it especially in the intro i think yeah um and the, it just it's just an aesthetic that's just like crazy good yeah like i, I immediately caught into it and this is a uh, a comparison that's been made elsewhere um because it reminds me of uh super brother sword and sorcery except where that was where that was incredibly muted in the color palette and the uh animation and character models were a little bit simplistic this takes both of those uh, takes both of those dials turns them to max and then rips them off yeah 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 it is i i, I love the way that 
uh, sword and sorcery looks. I like the way this looks better. Yes. You know, like the color is, is really what does it for me because the, a weird secret to this game is that individual elements of like enemies and stuff like that, I don't think are actually that cool. Mm-hmm. It's almost all the, the level of fidelity and the color. Yeah. Like there's a part where I'm like finding frogs in, in rice paddy hat. This isn't cool. <laughs> like these things don't look cool. Like there's, um, there's a lot of en- individual enemies I think are, Oh, this is a B-boy bird sorcerer. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think they're I don't good. I, Both of those things sound pretty cool to me. I don't know. Maybe I, I'm I have lame. No, I have no interest in, in fighting B-boy birds or ninja frogs. <laughs> I think that's bad and dumb. It doesn't feel cool to me, but, um, they still like the world itself, um, the character and the backgrounds and stuff having this kind of like, intense color palette like this mm-hmm. proteus color palette uh just kind of is is mind-blowing and good mm-hmm. uh, to me i really love it yeah yeah uh, it's it's unassailable um and the music is uh, I, I don't know like this is uh, one of the best game soundtracks i've heard in a while mostly because it speaks a lot to my particular taste for ambient kind of stuff like dissonant ambient music uh it's done by mm-hmm. disaster piece um you know pr- prolific indie game soundtracksman um and yeah i've been listening to it just on repeat while i've been working and writing and stuff yeah that's definitely a cool thing rather than a gary thing yeah like i, I the soundtrack doesn't do a lot for me yeah. but um partly yeah. because I, I i kind of wanted like i feel like during the fights and stuff if something like slightly more propulsive and less ambient would have been good yeah you know i would have done it for me but i can i other than the main like weird thing that like mystery theme <laughs> that plays during cutscenes during this i couldn't i don't remember any of the music from it but no. that's a that's a personal proclivity thing yep other people really, really love it as well other yep. than you so i get it <laughs> um so yeah so the uh uh lots of you know tons of style points just a, a beautiful game lots of uh kind of panache uh, but if we haven't made this totally clear um there's a little bit of reservations about the game uh, that we have so we should make that clear up front yeah and those kind of inelegancies we're talking about some of the difficulty things that feel a little bit overly harsh or just a little bit frustrating yeah. um which i think uh comes with a game we talked about this earlier but like is marketed based on difficulty yeah like that's becoming a thing that i didn't realize was a real frustration for me that i'm now kind of realizing like my reaction to that is fuck you <laughs> like a winky because uh, like the first achievement you get when you die it's like you know, nothing's ever easy, is it? And my, my, just, it's, fuck you. Like, I, I just, I hate that. Like, I, yeah. and there was a time where I kind of thought it was kind of cute. You know, this is Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now it makes me want to die. And it, it's very frustrating. And this, so the, the throttle that you have to play to make something hard and not a little bit irritating is tricky. Yes. And, uh, this, this game doesn't do it perfectly all the time. So I'm I'm not quite sure what this first episode is going to cover. Um, this is a, a bizarrely kind of paced and lengthed game where we know it needs to be two episodes, but the cutoff point is is kind of unsure. So Gary, let's take a look at where we're at after this first area. These are both going to be kind of shorter episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's to let us get time to play salt while yes. we still do watch out for fireballs and stuff. So yeah, um, we warned you. <laughs> So um, let's start with the intro. Yes, Gary, <laughs> this intro makes such a good sell. Yeah. yeah, yeah, this is incredible. Again, just like jaw-dropping, mm-hmm. uh, jaw-droppingly beautiful. Um, you know, we start off with this like weird symbol floating above the world, and again, it has that kind of Shadow of the Colossus sense of scale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until it eventually uh, explodes. Yeah, and kind of uh, creates this like webbing of energy over top of the actual the actual like continents that we see there. Yes. 
Um, and Some kind it, of a cataclysm. It looks like um, like it's it's now like this is the the post-apocalyptic event. Yeah, is what it felt like to me. Yeah, like we are we're seeing like some of the stuff that leads up to this, and there will be in the second episode before we get to the the the, the very finale. We're going to see what a bunch of this stuff actually kind of represents and, yes. what, and what's happening here. But it cuts to this very stylized close up of our drifter um, standing up in this sea of blood as bodies flash in around him. And this darkness beast uh, fights and then kind of infects him. And he starts mm-hmm. breaking down coughing as a result of this. Like the, yes. like the timeline on this is incredibly, uh, it's, it, you know, it's kind of like shutter cut almost. Like it's jumping back and forth. You're not sure what the actual uh, order of events is, but, uh, but it's yeah. very stylish. Yep. Um, yeah. And he, uh, this, this kind of like gigantic beast shows up, this, this monster um, Anubis looking thing. Yeah, uh, kind of, kind of uh, black beast kind of comes up behind him, uh, and he fights it. Mm-hmm. Does a kind of anime sword slash through <laughs> it. Then it flashes, and we're not sure exactly when this is. Um, as he runs up the store to, uh, stairs to see these titans, and we saw them in the background uh, after the explosion, yeah. kind of walking around. Um, but you see, we're staying in front of these titans, which are obviously uh, or look like they're very expired, inspired by um, Nausicaa. Whatever that, uh, not Nausicaa, the the new new hotness anime with the titans. Oh, Attack on uh, Titan? Yeah. Like the cuz the what the first one has these kind of like tech stuff on its skin that kind of looks like muscle. Mm, mm. So, it this this looks like an Attack on Titan Titan to me a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. yeah. And then uh and then they they rot away. Yep. Uh a, a flash of light like all of their energy escapes from them and they and they and they rot away. And then we're introduced to our friend the Cosmic Jackal who appears. Yeah. Bubastus. <laughs> what what's that? Yeah. Bubastus? Bo- like the 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 uh, cat creature from the Watchmen. Oh, okay. like uh, Adrian invites a uh, Ozymandias's cat. Then. There we go. Yeah, I've, it's been a while since I've read the Watchmen, um, and I'm too afraid to read it again. Um, oh, it's good. <laughs> no, no, no. It's I know so it's good. good. Oh. I know it's going to be great. It just would remind me too much of what's happening now. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, it's incredibly sad. They they introduce vaping in it. So, <laughs> so it's a- <laughs> the monster, Alan Moore. Yeah. Alan Moore predicted the vape, the rise of the the vapetrix. The vapetrix got reloaded with Alan Moore. Um, but our friend the space coyote appears um, after these you know huge pillars emerge from the sea of blood. You know, again, just rising up. There's a really cool parallax effect as the door opens and the drifter is overcome by these black tendrils. All of this has a little bit of basis in kind of who we end up ultimately fighting in this. But as it stands, it is just a slideshow of bizarre imagery that kind of shows that our character is in a really bad way. And so is the world. Yes. And, and I'm, down, I'm down with that. Yep. Like, again, as a, as a kind of thing where you sit back and wash it over, you know, let it wash over you and don't look for literal meaning. Uh, it's pretty perfect. And we're going to see flashes of this again um, as we get these hallucinations. Yeah. Um, so there's a little short kind of tutorial zone. Uh, where you wake up next to this bonfire, and uh, you're kind of making your way through up to the gates of the city that's going to be your hub. Uh, but you, as you're going through and kind of learning your basic dashes and things like that, um, you keep, you know, getting your tech flu. Um, yes. You keep coughing up blood and stuff. Uh, it's it's weird. The first couple times that happens, I thought it was kind of meaningful and good. Mm-hmm. I ended up getting so annoyed by the tech yep. flu scenes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a, there's an animation thing in this game where things, uh, and you you find this with beautiful games are you know visually super beautiful mm-hmm. where the developers will get kind of in love with their animations yeah and not allow you to skip them and make them go too quick so like teleporting the tech flu thing um a lot of things you need to do kind of regularly to make it through way through the game take three or four seconds every time 
and yeah. it ended up being really frustrating and adding up. Yeah, the the, uh, the, the tech flu thing. So we're we're gonna see it here, and it, it just quite simply out you know overstays its welcome, especially as yeah. you know. Because you can go through most of these places in any order, they don't really, these hallucinations don't add an awful lot. And so you'll be walking along and then just all of a sudden, oh, my character's staggering, uh, uh-oh, zigzagging, cough, cough, cough. All right, there's going to be the space coyote, and then I'm going to see the city, and then we're back up again. Mm. It um, it's a, it, it's a It's kind of a bummer pacing problem. And I feel... You know, I, I I kind of want to pull that punch because I know it's related to what this, you know, that that whole sickness thing is related to something the creator struggles with. I just wish that it was more additive whenever it showed up. Yeah, um, that I mean, that's that's really what it is, is it doesn't add up to much. The fact that you can do these areas, you know, there is a, a rhythm to it where you're going to get hit by the tech flu kind of around the same time in every yeah. single one of these spokes. Yeah, it's like on your way um, to the on your way to the to the warp point. Yes, yeah. you know, and it, it's it's weird because it's a game like that's symbolically about that and that he put a lot of his own experiences with that into the game. It's it's cool that it's there, um, but I think it would have been better as a side kind of kind of sidecar to it because the rest of the game doesn't feel like it's about that. No, the, re- the rest you of know, the game is about you never touching the ground as you kill thousands of monsters. Well, yeah, exactly. Like the surface, <laughs> like the actual surface level stuff that you're doing is is really engaging and strong and they they they're at odds. Yeah. You know, the things that, uh, you know, when you're, you're spending the time watching your eye cough and stumble around and not be able to move at your full speed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is time you're not engaging with the game's core systems, which are really satisfying and good when they work. Yeah. So. But this coughing fit after you have kind of uh, le- learned about the shooting system and the and the uh, attack system, uh, things like that, flipping switches from a distance, um, leads you to pass out. And you're rescued by this other drifter, somebody who looks very similar to you. He also has a little option that uh, that, that, that is floating around by him. You're, you're, we didn't you're, talk about the option. Yeah, I mean, option. it just it just gives you um, it just gives you uh, like alerts, right? Like it'll it'll show you button prompts and stuff. Yeah, it's your, it's your interface. It's your way you're interfacing with the world. Yeah. You know, you're a lot like Cable. You have this, like, little professor thing, you know, that, that kind of uh, takes care of you. Uh, but it's going to tell you kind of when there are secrets, and it's the way you activate elevators and pick up health and do more or less everything. Yeah, yeah. This little guy. Yeah, but this uh, this pink drifter ends up being your um, ends up being your Solaire. He'll be kind of going ahead of you, and you're going to see this person a lot more. As it stands, he rescues you, takes you to his house, and then kind of sets you up um, with some pictographs of what your goal is going to be, which is to activate these modules. Yes. Um, you start out in town. There's not a lot to do in town um, initially. The um, It has shops, but you don't have any money. Um, it has people who will kind of sometimes will talk to you in these kind of little pictographs. Sometimes they'll just kind of make little noises mm-hmm. um, by you. Um, it is a world of animal people. Yes. So most of the people are half human, half animal hybrids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, kind of thing. And, and they're like refugees from these yes. uh, fr- from these distant lands that we're going to end up going to. Um, they're very lovingly rendered, especially when you go into the shops themselves. Like it's a little bit of like yeah. an Undertale thing. Like you're going to see your cool rabbit man, like with his arms crossed, leaning against the counter as you select what you know <laughs> what dash upgrades you want. Yeah, and the cool the cool gun guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy behind the gun. You know, the the guy who looks like uh, Clint Eastwood. He's <laughs> in the gun section. These are pretty neat. Yeah. Um, Spoiler, the same thing happened in all four of these branches. <laughs> the, um, something came along and subjugated people. Yep. Like, the end. Um, I wish there was a little bit more variety to what we were doing. Yeah. Other than literally just fighting off an invading force in, you know, four distinct <laughs> invading forces from four different spokes. Right. 
So let's, uh, yeah, I'm glad, uh, conventional wisdom is to go east first mm. in this game. I think that's harder. Um, I went north first as well, like you did. Yeah. Um, and I think it is, I think it's the easiest path. Yeah. North is, everything about north is easier except for like one of the uh w- one of the modules that shows you to get to and also the boss the boss is considered to be the hardest of the starting three that you can get to yeah yeah it was the only other than the last boss it's the only one that took me multiple tries yeah uh, but i don't know if that's because it was the first time or not right, right. um yeah, but um, you start heading north, and you kind of pass through these little foothills, and then eventually get up into this mountain itself. The uh, the story behind this area this this place was originally inhabited by birds, you know, peaceful religious birds who inhabited their monastery at the top of the mountain. But um, during this cataclysm that we've that that we've seen, or leading up to this cataclysm, um, uh, kind of extremist crows have taken over. Yeah. <laughs> and um, uh like that, that that's who we end up fighting although they're you know small remnants of the uh of the peaceful people yeah yeah so the the b-boys took over it's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's every republican's nightmare <laughs> the, the, um, but you mean the sea boys the crow boys yeah the, <laughs> yep the sea boys it's interesting to, that this is you know this this bird homeland because the text that we get so there's these little um monoliths that you can find yeah um as you get there that tell the stories they have that those that glyphs that we we're talking about the four lines of text that we have to explore this <laughs> sentence, like this area, the story, this is literally what we have. Uh, transcendence, faith, immortality. Second line, rifts crafted, dangerous potential. Third line, a foundation for faith and violence. Fourth line, a loss of self, a narrow path traveled. So it's like they, they're like oblique strategies or something. <laughs> or like or like the things that they were um, like, let's say, hey guys, let's like brainstorm some themes for our game. Uh-huh. You know, and like that's what it sounds like to me. Yeah. So the, uh, I'm not saying that the story stuff isn't there. It's mm-hmm. just I want to show exactly how disparate it is. Yeah. And oh. how how kind of like non-direct it is because we do you do run into some stuff like it's oh here are these these sacrifices. Yeah. yeah. Uh, these like sacrificial tables and stuff. There is mm-hmm. some kind of environmental storytelling, but those four lines that you have to translate by learning a language like doing a <laughs> cipher are all you get as far as direct text. Yeah. So like the, uh, the, the, the text will give you the themes. Um, occasional survivors will give you, uh, kind of the, a snapshot of the moment of, uh, of, of kind of the, the terrible thing that happens. And then the environment does the rest. And hopefully you can, you can connect those three. Yeah. Yeah. The little snapshot at the beginning, usually you'll run into somebody, um, this time it is our, our, you know, I think you run into your Solaire friend mm-hmm. uh, here, or maybe it's a, you know, you run into somebody else, you run into yeah. another bird. Like, like, like at a, like mm, about halfway up the mountain, you find uh, you find the the the, the survivor uh, from the initial mon- like from the monastery. He he, he uh, shows you a picture of the boss of this area, the hierophant, and uh, he talks about how he um, absconded with an egg from the monastery to like kind of just set up a new civilization elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and they they'll give you this little you know five pictures that kind of you know again somebody comes and subjugates a people right that's kind of the story <laughs> for all of them yes um, but yeah you also kind of halfway up this you 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 find your pink dr- pink drifter who's mm. kind of clearing uh, or at least moving moving ahead of you and kind of tells stories of their own travels uh, the pink drifter also serves a very important purpose because they will they will highlight um different modules for you so like the four that you can maybe not most easily get but the four that are like canonical for the for for the game are uh highlighted for you yeah and it's in each of these spokes there's eight total Mm -hmm. 
I don't know if you get something for getting all of them. If there's any, or it's just a, like a nod to nonlinearity. Yeah, I think that I think that what you end up getting is uh, access to new costumes, and the new costumes come with different abilities. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I didn't. I just got the minimum yeah. for this, but it, it's it's good to have a, the four of them pointed out at the very least, so it's not mm-hmm. entirely just kind of combing the area. Yeah. Um, during while you're doing this, you know, it is overrun by these b-boy crows. Uh, as you mentioned, <laughs> they've got like hoodies. Um, they kind of like stand with a you know a cool like they're staying behind. Uh, I don't know Chuck yeah. D. Um, <laughs> they do that cool little kid and play move where they 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 jump through a hoop made of their arms. The Running Man. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, they they're often seen skateboarding down the street with a yo-yo in each hand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> last time it was two ice cream cones these are these are a little bit more street they don't got time for sweets <laughs> yep no i mean that's what their tattoo says uh streets not sweets yeah yeah um, no. bird, bird in the street bird without sweets <laughs> but um but these guys um you know uh outside of the basic goblin people who you're going to be fighting on the way up here they introduce another wrinkle you can only really attack them when they're about to dive bomb you they will yes. fly up and then you know make this little swoop and so you have to be very canny with your timing right 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 and timing is is kind of the the name of the game yeah uh for these guys yeah there's an amazing yeah. shot as you're climbing the mountain of uh, like the like the dead titan kind of climbing up. You get the sense that the bird people in the monastery like defeated him before he reached them. Yeah, it kind of it kind of looks like that. I don't really know what the titans are uh, in this. Like <sighs> the, the 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 titans were cre- creations of the precursor race, the librarians, the uh, the ghost people who will show you the monolith, also the people who wrote the monoliths, and um, they were revived by the lizard people um okay. in the in the cataclysm okay yeah because they i mean they, they revive they end up going away there's also a skeleton of something that is uh, the lore stuff that i was reading we're saying that's not one of the titans uh that's off to the west and um, that you go through that's another giant thing that was like perhaps fought with the titans things like that like it's not it's not direct like there's a lot of different there's a lot of lore interpretation yeah stuff yeah. uh for this game so so i'd read that before the idea that the titans were uh antagonistic to the because what it looks like is a civilization that is built up around this thing mm. that was defeated more than something that like actively fought it. Like there's trees growing around it and stuff. It, it's like it ends up, you know, and not necessarily this one, but they tend to be kind of part of the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. The one uh, to the east is like underwater where it would be under these platforms you'd have to build above it. Yeah, yeah. So the, the sense I got were these things that died kind of prehistorically and just kind of never rot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and are just kind of part of the landscape. Yeah. The thing that makes me place them sooner is actually the one you find in the West, um, or at least not the one you find, you know, not the one you find, but um, a, a pictogram of the raccoon people fighting one of the Titans. Mm. The, the, the idea is that like in the more modern era, the, uh, um, the, the big bad revived them as part of his, as part of his goal to, you know, do, do his do things. Yes. Yeah. So do yeah. Little, yeah. Mm. Yeah, perhaps. Maybe. I I don't know. It's it's hard yeah. to know. I just it have that matter. one video that I watched. The um <laughs> the yeah, it, it doesn't end up mattering that much. The actual effect of coming across this this gigantic dead thing is really phenomenal. Like oh, yeah. I always think about um the opening arc in uh Warren Ellis's Planetary mm-hmm. where they have the island where like, you know, uh all of like Japanese like all the, the uh Godzilla's and Mothra's and stuff <laughs> go to die. Yeah. Um, so there's just this island and it looks like normal and they crest this hill and there's just like a dead Godzilla lying on the ground, <laughs> you know, rotting, yeah. uh, you know, and then it's just like, there's this like elephant graveyard for, for these monsters. Yeah. The, uh, the, the, uh, the arc of Kaiju pillow. 
Yeah, yeah. Hey, that's pretty good. Mm, maybe. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's around here where you find uh, your, your your pink drifter and also your uh, you get your first coughing fit and uh, the, 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 the monolith and the, and the shaman that we talked about before. Our shaman with his with his little bird friends as he's like posted up like right underneath the beaks. I was about to say noses, but then somebody would have corrected me uh, <laughs> um, uh, of his uh, of his oppressors. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, you also run into your jackal friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of weird cause it, the rhythm is the same for any of these paths about halfway through you run into, and run into pink drifter about halfway through you run into the jackal. Yeah. And I, it makes me wonder whether this game gains a whole lot from being nonlinear. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if, if there could have been more story development with the sickness and with the jackal and with the pink drifter, if, you know, it could, if any encounter would, couldn't literally be your first, right. You know? Yeah, um, or, or if they would just flag them and say, "Okay, on your first encounter with I, I, any of these, um, it'll do this particular thing, and then on your second encounter, it'll do this, and then you just change up the location by which one you choose." Yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, I kept expecting to reunite with my buddy, my jackal buddy, because I was like, "Oh, like we were, you know, we went into that door earlier together, <laughs> like we're buddies." You yeah. know, come on, just uh, <laughs> quit teasing me. I know you're leading me to all the stuff that I need to see, but yeah, it would have been a very cool thing to, well, I mean, he just kind of walks away from you, right? The, the stuff you need to see is anything that's further along the path than you are. Find your soul. I don't know that Homer. he's, yeah, I don't, I, <laughs> I don't necessarily think that he's leading you anything in this game. Yeah. It looks like he just kind of walks away when you show up. <laughs> um, but I, I love the, I really thought I was like, oh, is this going to build to eventually me getting into a fight with this cat on my side? Mm-hmm. That'd be cool. Uh, but that doesn't happen. No. Um, yeah. Um, so you're, you're, you're finding those four modules as we mentioned. These are these little like things in the ground you lift up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's like you're removing some kind of weird embryo in an alien movie. Um, as you, uh, as, as you pull them out, the first, the first one, um, is placed right outside the boss arena or what is highlighted as the boss arena. Um, which leads me to believe that, yes, this is probably one of the first places you're meant to go because like placing one of these on the main path and encouraging you to use it, um, is a, is a pretty good tutorial moment actually. Like, okay, yes, yeah. this is, this is one of the goals. You can check the map and see that after you do this, that thing is no longer colored, uh, so there we go. Like that, 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 that is what we're going after. The, um, it's kind of interesting the way too, that they're not, um, it's not just like, can you explore, um, you know, and just find these four of these eight things you need. They're gated as well. Yeah. Um, cause there'll be doors that you can only open, uh, either when you find a key a little bit later or when you have a certain number of these nodes. Right. Um, could you puzzle out or did you from like a design, what does that add? Did you figure that out? Because for me, it felt arbitrary and dumb. There was nothing in the in, in the progression of them that actually felt like it added anything. There, yeah. like there, there, there must have been a reason. I just couldn't discern it. I thought like if if the idea was um, we want you to have gotten these three not modules because before you tackle this fourth one, because this will be a harder area, um, or this will be uh, like a lower significant area. Uh, something like that. And there's a little bit of storytelling that happens behind some of these doors right. um, that you don't see elsewhere. Sometimes there's not, though. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just kind of made it feel it felt counter to the idea of like you just had to go through this area and catch four of these eight things. Right. It means you're very likely to catch a certain four and much more unlikely to catch the other four. It kind of like mm-hmm. can you know, counteracted that uh, nonlinearity or that kind of freedom. Yeah. Part of it. So there, there, there's a downside and an, ups, and an upside. Uh, the downside is it feels a little bit artificial. 
um, in terms mm-hmm. of, you know, gating you in a game that is about exploration like this. The possible upside is that it's it, it's showing you a critical path. If something is behind a, a locked door, you want to get behind that locked door. You don't have to, though. Yeah. Like, you can go through it without doing it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so when I had all four of my nodes went back to a locked door thinking like, oh, cool, I could finally unlock this. And the reward was a fifth node. Yeah. That I that was like literally superfluous to that area, like was very disappointing, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of fucks with that reward structure. It's kind of like all these little things that, that we're talking about, these little tiny things. And and it's probably seems like pointless nitpicking to a lot of people. And I understand that. But I think it does add up to something that's like a little bit of just rough around the edgesness mm-hmm. of this game that is hard to kind of shake off. Yeah. You know, there's like little doubts that like you don't really in the moment to moment, you're not going to notice them. But when I start thinking about some of these decisions, it's like, oh, they did this because if they didn't, it would mess up this, yeah. which is like not usually a good reason to add something to a game. Right. You know, well, I mean, and what we're commenting on here is like structural, almost like meta stuff. It's about the kind of connective tissue of the game as opposed yeah. to what I think a lot of people who are here for this. A lot of people who are here for Hyper Light Drifter are here for the stuff that we're kind of talking around because it's hard to talk about these individual encounters um, that do have this action bullet hell kind of style, right? I think that that is is the draw for a lot of people, and we are – we're kind of talking about a different game than the one a lot of people showed up to play. Yeah, yeah. And that stuff, you know, know, mostly mostly worked for me as well, like that that kind of – the things that they're coming for, I also liked, you know, or liked most of the time, you know, and got into. It's just uh, that kind of close examination of some of these things just makes it, you know, whether the, the Estus and the way that or the uh, the healing items and the, mm-hmm. the way this works and stuff. There's these little things of like, I just don't really know what this does. And it obviously was enough of an impact to where, like, I did notice it. Yeah. You know, like it did. It did impact my enjoyment without ruining anything. Yeah. You know? I think it, I think it stops this game from truly being great, mm-hmm. uh, for me at least. Yeah, um, these these little little rough edges. Yep, it uh it, it stops it from being as successful as it could be on all levels of Zoom. Yes. No. Yeah. It, it it does make a it's kind of um not necessarily the way you're thinking of it, but it does make a, a interesting contrast with Momodora, where Momodora is I think objectively a less ambitious game. Mm-hmm. but I think accomplishes all of its goals where this is a little bit more ambitious, like this idea of like, how can we tell this story with like literally 16 lines, <laughs> you know, and have this thing and it doesn't accomplish all of its goals. Right. You know, um, and then you know. that gets down into the slurry of values, right? Like which of those do you value swinging for the fences yeah. are missing or, you know, getting a, get, <laughs> you know, getting a line drive. Yeah. And yeah. the, the swinging for the fences part of this too, uh, because, the part of this game that most people come to it for that I think is um, you're not unquestionably successful, but one of the things that, you know, what the game is about, right? Like when you're talking about how the game isn't really about coughing, mm-hmm. um, it's about this kind of combat and stuff is not as unique and noteworthy as maybe it could be. You know, it's still perfectly fine and fun as it is, but it doesn't feel like a totally new kind of thing like that part doesn't feel ambitious mm-hmm. the combat in this game doesn't feel ambitious to me right you know so it's just it's just kind of this weird like the values are just it's kind of it's it's you know wiggy wiggy wobby <laughs> it's it's, it's wubba dub you know I, I, I don't explain it but it's a little it's a little bit hoopy boop <laughs> are you turning into rick from it's rick and morty wizzle. yeah, <laughs> like, yeah it's a little whistle whistle it's got yeah, yeah you know rubber hubba dubba dub bub yeah, yeah hubba dubba dub is that true um <laughs> Oh uh, gosh, tiny Rick for president. Um, 
I mean, since we're going full full hog on that one, uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Like, just uh, the, the 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 thing the thing that is at the very core of this is is competent and rewarding. Yes, but not ambitious. Yeah, and I don't know. It's not really related to the ways in which this game is ambitious. Right. You know, like they're they're very separate, and that that kind of goes into because we can talk a little bit about these encounters, which you know we're like we said we're talking around. So that was one of the big things that I wanted a little bit differently in this game. And when I had to kind of shake off my soul's perception is this game has very uh, segregated combat sections. Yeah, it's not a it's not holistically integrated. Yes. Uh, Which is something I really value. Mm -hmm. Like, I love that about souls, like where it's like you go down into an area that looks like it's going to be a quiet library, but there's something behind the corner. Mm -hmm. You know, like that you're always kind of engaging with all of the game systems. You're always exploring. You're always fighting. Yeah. In Hyperlight Drifter, you have exploration phase and then you get to an area and it's like, oh, oh, I see some cover. (laughs) <laughs> a turret's going to pop up behind that. And then you go into a wave-based combat. And, like, what can be more artificial than waves of enemies that, mm-hmm. you know, and a door that opens once they're all dead? Like, it's so gamey. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so segregated. It's like, um, it was like the thing that I had a problem with, like, in the, the, the new Tomb Raider 2, where it's like, oh, here's a stealth section. Here's a combat <laughs> section. Here's a, a navigation challenge section. Yep. You know, and never the twain shall meet. Yeah. Um, that, that's, a, that's a bummer. Uh, and that happens a lot here. There are areas, um, the West actually, it's weird. The frustrating thing to me was the East and North have very segregated combat areas. Mm-hmm. The West and South, not as much. Right. Um, they do better about this. Yes. But it just made me wonder why these areas do this kind of like wave-based arena shit at all. Because mm-hmm. every time it happened, those are the, the biggest difficulty spikes, like the most frustrated I got with the game and the most like just gamey and silly feeling and would just like tear me out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Of the, of the game and that's what a lot of this north route is when you're fighting your your dive bar bombing crows and your b-boys yeah and you know most of this stuff happens when you're underground when you're above ground um at least after you get to kind of the summit where this uh where this monastery is um you know you get down into the into these compartmentalized uh you know arenas um mm-hmm. as you get there let's talk about a couple of these uh couple of at least the different enemies that they introduce so we talk yeah. about the b-boys um and eventually they introduce two different levels of uh um casters right who kind of uh yeah. they attack like magic koopas a bit <laughs> yeah but no, that's a good way to put it by shooting uh clouds of uh geometry at you uh the larger ones will uh will <laughs> will uh shoot what i can only call disco floors yeah that's that's a good way to put it <laughs> um kind of do that to the floor we talked about the dive bombing ones um the regular uh crowby boys uh you know we, we mentioned but the dive bombing ones are really interesting because they come in from off screen and it's the way that the encounter design in this section mixes shit up. Yeah. Because fighting any of these individual things uh is is you know is is pretty easy. Um these uh the dive bombing crows are what killed me when I died in these combat arenas. Yeah. Because they just kind of come from off, you can hit them right before they hit you. Mm-hmm. You can dodge out of the way, but it's like you're just doing it while you're doing other stuff. Yeah, um, and oftentimes they will swoop at you while you're trying to dodge one of these magic koopa blasts, which yeah. are always presaged. Like they will send out a little like tracer almost with with some of these shapes, and then like to them, that'll tell you okay what direction do I need to dodge and when, and then they'll come in and swoop while you're on the, on the dodge or trying to like resit- resituate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It becomes very tricky, and everything takes time, too. And we didn't mention this when we talked about uh, shooting, but you have to stop to shoot. You can't move while shooting. Right. Um, you have to aim uh, when you shoot. Um, you can kind of just press in the direction and shoot, but it's not very accurate. Uh, mm-hmm. To get your crosshair or whatever, you have to stop and, and hold down a button. And then uh, using an Estus uh, also is pretty slow. 
yeah. comparatively in, in a Souls environment. So you're likely to take a hit unless you're very safe when you're doing that. Mm-hmm. So it just, it just becomes incredibly tricky. And again, I did this with no upgrades, so that's why it was more frustrating. But yep. that's kind of what the combat encounters you're dealing with in this section are. Yeah. Some, some combination of those four things. Yep. And one of the reasons why, you know, p- people who are more conversant in bullet hell are probably tearing their hair out right now that we're comparing this. But like, it's very clear to me, like when they when they start introducing these sections of a uh, of, of floor that will disappear under underneath you, that like most of what you're encountering in this, especially with caster enemies or with projectiles, is this kind of pattern based area denial as they're trying yeah. to like shunt you around the different areas, you know, to find these safe zones to make your attacks. Yeah, where where you could take a screenshot of the screen and black out the areas you can't be. Yeah, and it's a, it's a lot of the screen, mm-hmm. you know. And things, everything moves really quickly too. Like it is, it's very very fast paced. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, so you know, you kind of again, you continue moving through these kind of combat encounters, checking out this this these mountains and these kind of uh these these little houses, this village yeah. section, um, until eventually you get to this underground layer. Uh, section which introduces some kind of puzzle platforming stuff yeah uh, is the best way i can kind of put it that's not really what it is but i mean like it's gigantic moving blocks that'll kill you instantly yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and they just kind of shunt back and forth again they feel very gamey to me yep um you know and, and that feels contrasty to i'm exploring this natural environment that had this conflict and has this story behind it yeah you know, like what these feel like they're trying to do is to, you know, get you very acquainted with the distance and pace of your uh, of your dodge roll, because you can only really get past these um, if you if, if you dodge roll uh, through them, not through them, but, you know, in front of them. But yeah. uh, it's possible to go too far. It's I don't I will. I hesitate to ascribe any kind of tutorializing to any of these things, given that you can do them in any order. Yeah. So if like that's the idea, then what about the person who goes here last? You know, like, then I mean, you don't the, really learn the, it. Then, like, they, then they get a little bit of that from the other places where they show up a little bit. Yeah. Like, this is the highest concentration of them anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just don't think that any it's hard for me to think of anything in these areas as being uh, teacher, you know, teaching like yeah. teaching moments, yeah. you know, um, in a way that like like I thought that when I went uh, when I played first, I went east and you do the kind of platforming over the the encounters or over the um, the water. Right. Uh, there I was like, oh, this is teaching my me my distance um, that I can go. But that doesn't really help you with these because the perspective right. is different. And these block off your 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 sight, so you don't mm-hmm. know exactly how far you're going. There are a couple of like just cheap shots in these things as well. Yeah, um, you know, and some some real basic pattern rec- recognition. Like uh, it's a it's a group of three blocks, and they kind of move in a set pattern that you have to watch. It's a it's not a simple pattern; it's a complicated pattern. Yeah, you have to figure out the time to go. Mm-hmm. Um, the consequence for failure on the blocks is usually not bad. You usually start right at the beginning of the room. Yeah, usually they um, have the uh, the frequency on the checkpoints for those. Yeah, which yeah. is good. Mm-hmm. You know, and that might have been an easy mode thing. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, this also introduces, again, we're just mixing up a lot of these. They introduce these like large pouncing mammal guys that kind of have Dark Souls 2 uh, giant faces a little bit. Um, mm. This is, if not the first, one of the first enemies that will do more than one block of health damage to you. Like maybe some of the spells do more. Um, the spells do, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of those. So <laughs> the way New Game Plus works in this, you start out with most of your upgrades, but you only have two health. So these guys will one-shot you. Will one-shot you? Yeah. yeah. That, that, that has no appeal to me. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I, I kind of like the way these things fight, even though it is very... You know, like I said, once you kind of see the strings on this, like you, you run to these guys on the West, there's the swordsmen. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're functionally identical. 
Yeah. Like they, they hesitate for a second, charge forward, <laughs> you dodge laterally and then strike them two times, then get out of the way. Yep. And that's, you know, it's just, it's the order of operations for fighting these things and multiple enemies feel exactly the same. Yeah. And that, so it's kind of cool from a flavor perspective, but I wanted it to be a little bit more like I wanted something different to do kind of tactically, I guess. Yeah. Um, and there are some enemies that do introduce that, but these are not that. Right. Yep. Uh, this, um, this area also introduces turrets uh, to a small extent. They're going to be much more common in the final area. Yeah. And uh, they, they are frustrating to me. Um, the way you deal with them is you get past them to press a button. Yeah. Um, but as they introduce more and more of them, they introduce enemies that will be in your way while you do so. Yep. Um, to kind of get through. And they're always kind of behind cover. Like nothing is uh, the way that like in, in a Dark Souls game where like I see this enemy before he sees me, I'm going to get like a, a sniper shot on him and kind of pull him. Mm-hmm. Um, Hyperlight, Hyperlight Drifter hates that. Um, enemies are always positioned behind cover for your angle of approach yep. almost always so like these uh if and if you can get to one if they're not then a turret is there to cover them mm-hmm. like they're always set up to not allow you to um like on twitter i was like oh i was expecting this to be more of like a thinking person's action game and it's not and somebody some asshole on ask fm was like you fucking arrogant piece of shit and this is what i mean <laughs> by that i wasn't keep that open <laughs> because a lot of a lot of times people are nice okay like it's like it's pretty rare that people are assholes and okay. they could you could be an asshole to be just on twitter too yeah you know um <laughs> But it was like, what I mean by that is not like, oh, this is a game for dumb, dumb people who are stupid. I mean that it's not about thinking and like getting this tactical advantage. It's about getting into the arena and having your meat hands be quick. Yeah, yeah. You know, that's what the the contrast is. I wasn't trying to say it was a game for dumb people. Yeah. Uh, you know, and also I didn't phrase that. Or I didn't coin that phrase, dickhead. Like thinking <laughs> thinking person, shooter, thinking person. Oh, you know, that thing. person. Like, that's not. I think that person wrote yeah. in or did a review or something like that. I think that, I think he got salty on the back of yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I did, you know, I didn't, I didn't make up that phrase though. No, like no. If, if you're blaming me for coming up with that phrase, like it wasn't me. Yeah. Um, anywho, but like, that's what I mean is that like the game actively stops you from trying to get advantages and press, you know, do everything you can to get mm-hmm. uh, kind of a tactical, tactical win. Yeah. It really just wants you up in the shit. Yeah. It doesn't want you to think or act outside of the arena. Yeah. You know, and inside the arena, it is very much about reflex, which is fine. It's just a different kind of game that I was expecting, which was, you know, what I said, rando. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway. yeah. Um, also, those turrets are usually positioned around platforming sections. Like, even though this is top down, there is platforming. You can, you know, die, you get knocked down, you respawn on the last yeah, piece yeah. of kind of safe ground. Uh, yeah. one, one health down. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, uh, hitting your golf ball into the, into a water hazard. You just take a penalty yeah. stroke. Yeah. A pit hazard. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's another like instant death mate kind of maze area oh, after this, this after another. Piss me the fuck off. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It's dark. You can't see anything. Like I like navigating by sound, but, uh, there's, there, there's one block that you actually have to get behind cause it'll push you away. And if you, if you dodge past it, you, <laughs> which you have been doing the entire game, you just go into an unescapable death trap. So you have to intuit that, you know, I need to be slammed by this one. Yeah. Or you just trial and error it. Well, I mean, um, yeah, but this that's one, what I did. I think it is. Cause this <laughs> is behind a door, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it is. Yeah. So this, I'm not trying to say that makes it harder. I'm saying that like, uh, I'm just trying to make sure I did the same one. Yeah. Um, I found it really frustrating too, because I don't think that the dark areas in this game are particularly like fun or good. No, uh, that doesn't seem to lean into what it's, it's, it wants to do and doing the, the, the smashy blocks in the dark is frustrating. Yeah. Um, yep. eventually you get to the top of this and you get to your, your boss. Um, it very clearly telegraphs when you're a boss, you get that like dark souls feeling of like, Oh, this is a big, mm-hmm. you know, big door with a 
three health pickups next to it. You know, uh oh. Yep, this can't be good. And uh, you walk through into this arena. I love the boss fight for this boss, the the the, the, the hierophant, uh, because on the uh, on the frame of the uh, of the screen, you see his acolytes cheering him on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I would, I would, I would. We'll go as far as to say I actually like all of the bosses in this game. Oh, they're pretty good. Yeah, like a lot. Like I, I think that the boss fights are actually really good. They they do a really good job of not having too many of them. Mm-hmm. They all have very like understandable, clear kind of gimmicks to them. Nothing is repeated. Yeah, um, they're they're kind of the highlight of the game for me. Yeah, um, yeah. So this is the hero font, um, super bird wizard, and <laughs> he attacks. It is so much like a enter the gungeon style <laughs> boss, um, where it's really bullet helly. It's really about creating these disco squares that, uh, you know, are, are you you know the the floor becomes lava. Yeah, I, I mean, so 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 disco square. Like, think the the um, the video for Billy Jean. I think. Where oh, the, yeah. the 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 glowing squares that Michael Jackson walks on, like you know, or any any other number of those things, like it just create these geometric patterns of hurt floors that you have to yes. you know navigate around where you're not standing on top of them. Like this is just a a more complicated but also more kind of like rigid version of what some of those uh, mini boss uh, mini mini boss crows were doing before. Yeah, and the 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 uh, he summons bird people to to dive on you as well during this kind of do these diving runs so mm-hmm. you have to deal with that while you're dealing it with it um he's kind of it's the trick is really kind of getting close enough to him yeah uh to attack him and the way that i ended up fighting the hero font uh largely and this is probably not the best way to do it because like i said this was uh i died a few times on this mm-hmm. um is uh doing entirely shooting him and then recharging my gun when the crows came in mm, okay um, so I, I kept my distance for the most part if there was an attack of opportunity like if he got close to me yeah, you know i could get yeah. in before he like you know spread out his his waves of magic or or create disco floors um i would get in a shot or two yeah but for the most part i used ranged weapons against this guy yeah so i took advantage of the fact that he had kind of two different two different modes of attack so either he put up those grids you know like the lines or stripes um or there was kind of the series of disco floors that would uh that would chase after you on the chasing ones there was nothing keeping me from getting close to him and doing like a hit and run attack while i was avoiding those things yeah so that 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 was kind of how i got my knocks in um in, uh... in addition to taking a couple of pot shots what is the difference between this guy between easy and normal mode since you did both I didn't sense an awful lot of a difference in his actual patterns. And I've it's watched, I've, I've, yeah, I've watched videos and yep. Uh, it's kind of the same in both of them. So that is, that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I like, I don't like getting content behind difficulty options really. Yeah. Like I didn't you see know, any, way. I didn't see any attacks on the videos that I saw, which, you know, were pro ass people doing pro ass stuff. Um, you know, I didn't see any attacks that they faced that I did not. Yeah. I, may, I may be wrong. You know, who knows? My powers of observation may be failing me, but yeah. It's okay. Yep. But uh, this is a, it's, it's a difficult fight, you know, but this is, the, this is one of the few times, not one of the few times, but like if you end up guttering out on your, uh, on your, on your health, there's no real problem with restarting the area, maxing out your health pickups, and then just resetting the checkpoint outside of it, you know, mm-hmm. so you can start with like three, uh, th- three health potions or whatever it's not yeah. uh, it's not that big of a deal I and mean, the problem is you have to go get go pick up elves yeah yeah you know like it, you still it's have to go do far, it which is yeah farm vials yeah 
you know, I would rather have you just refill on teleport. Mm-hmm. But again, then you wouldn't have reason to explore and like, you know, it's a it's a complicated lattice. It's it's a it's a bit of scaffolding up against the wall, really. Yep. Beautiful, beautiful scaffolding. <laughs> um the uh yeah. So eventually you beat him. Um at the end of each after you beat one of these guys, you raise the pillar uh from like from the ground mm-hmm. uh in the section of the thing, and it kind of creates this like eerie light <laughs> that glows through. And it's not the end of the level that I always expect it to be. Like oftentimes there's a little bit more. Yeah, sometimes this, this happens like two thirds of the way through. Well, it just depends. A on where this thing is positioned, and also how many uh, how many modules you found. So yeah. like, I had to come back. You know, like I fought this guy after only finding three modules, and I'd come back later uh, to uh, to kind of clean up the mess. I had to come back and get module like later modules as well. That's where I got that one. That's in the uh, the darkness. Yes, pit thing. Um, and this is also you find somebody with your next gun. Yes, um, which is like a laser. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like your, you have uh, less your rifle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, rifle's a good way to put it. Like you have less ammo, but it moves much quicker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like instant, you know, it's like a hit scan kind of thing as opposed to a projectile. Right. Um, and it's much more powerful. Um, and does it pierce? I feel like it, maybe it pierces. Possibly. Uh, I think maybe piercing might be an upgrade that you get as well. That could, that could be the case. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I actually thought all the gun upgrades were just more bullets, but I could be mm-hmm. wrong with that. Yeah. Um, I use this, uh, so this, I really, really loved it and made a big difference until I got the shotgun and then I used the shotgun for the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, the shotgun is, is ace. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, making again that gun makes a difference. By this point, you can go back to town. You have a lot more batteries. Um, you can get some upgrades. We should. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to talk about the upgrades and then uh, call it for the episode and then next yes. episode have the, the end game and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Um, so we're not going to go through all of them because a lot of them are pretty. You know, we mentioned them already and they're kind of modular. But mm-hmm. um, you have four different ways you can upgrade your character. Five different ways: uh, guns, grenades, health, dash, and sword. Right. Uh, techniques. And uh, some of them are just kind of combos. You can do like a Zelda-style charge attack with your sword. Yeah, you that can... was never as useful as I wanted it to be. I, I didn't get it. I was yeah. like, I don't, like, I don't like, this. like this game is about moving very quickly. I thought exactly. It would, I thought it would uh, uh, serve me well against some of like the uh, the bigger enemies that would throw in with uh, some mm-hmm. of the swarms. But that is that, that that is not the case. Yeah, you don't want to stop moving. Right. Um, you can get in that same sword thing uh, the uh, dash attack. Mm-hmm. Where if you press attack and dash at the same time, you'll attack through enemies. Yeah. Um, so one that allows you to move through enemies with a dash, which is huge in case you get cornered. Yeah. And two, it does like a good amount of damage. So that I ended up finding pretty useful. Yeah. The uh, the, the the dash actually found that pretty difficult to execute. I, I thought that the timing was pretty finicky. I have to admit, I maybe cheated a little bit and mapped on my Steam controller one of the behind con- like oh, one yeah. of the back buttons. Like I just mapped that to be A and X. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> and just uh, uh, did that. This is where the stamina comes in, actually, as well. Um, your dashes, if you chain them too much, your stamina will uh, run out. Those dash attacks actually uh, drain you pretty significantly. Yeah, yeah you can't you can't just spam them. Right. Um, you can change how many dashes you can do in a row. Uh, that's a really useful upgrade that you should get early on. Yeah. Um, being able to dash through projectiles or be projected from project uh, projectiles projected. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, is very useful as well. Yep. In in addition to the one we talked about a lot before, which is being able to reflect um, yes. some of the some of the bullets, like that is indispensable for the final boss. Actually. Yep. Um, you can get more Estus up to a maximum of five, mm-hmm. um, which is very useful as well. Yeah. Uh, because uh, as you get more powerful, you're more likely to have a surplus of Estus that you find uh, out in the world. Yeah. So that ended up being uh, being able to go into most encounters with full Estus is why I didn't die. Right. Um, on later encounters. Yeah. Uh, uh, you do. 
grenade, which we talked about a little bit, which is just uh, you throw that and it does a lot of damage. It's yeah. a grenade. It sounds like a grenade. It's set up on a <laughs> recharge. Yes. So, you know, a couple of times in a wave, you'll be able to uh, drop one of these. It's nice to have an area of effect that is independent of where you're actually at. So if mm-hmm. you can anticipate where the enemies are going to bunch up, uh, it works pretty well. Does a does a fair bit of damage. These are nice because they're actually very cheap. So you can upgrade. You get you can get the first one pretty cheap, and the second one is also pretty cheap as well. So it's not the first one that I would recommend you get, but like, hey, any port in a storm, this damage is basically free beyond you know beyond a certain point. I, I didn't end up actually upgrading my grenade at all. Oh, uh, just because the I I mean I, I used it, the one that I bought. I bought the grenade. Um, but I just ended up upgrading it because I bought other stuff. Yeah. You know, um, and then the gun ones, as we mentioned, um, you can change the amount of ammo you have. Yeah. So getting the shotgun with, uh, with five bullets is, uh, <laughs> you know, discourse is a okay. Finger sign. <laughs> um, the, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. And that's most of it uh, that you can do. There's a couple, I mean, we didn't catch everything, but those are the ways you can do things. And I do, you know, I talked about it being a double edged sword, but like each of these makes such a huge difference that it's, yeah. They're really fun to play with and and, and good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, what I'd encourage is like go for the go for the reflection one and maybe yes. like dodging through the uh, <laughs> dodging through projectiles um, at the very least. Do not ignore the boring upgrades for either yeah. raising your Estus uh, your Estus ceiling or your uh, your ammo. Those things are going to make a real tangible difference if you're yeah. if you're looking for pro strats. Yeah, <laughs> that's that just two people played through on easy and really struggled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, like both of us, you know, talk a lot of the time about like in a in a tech tree style game. You know, we will we'll, we will look past the like, hey, here's an additional two and a half percent damage on your fire yeah. attacks in order to get a nice attack that does less damage because somehow those new verbs are more attractive, and they are. But like, like those, uh, think, think of those, uh, those upgrades as like upgrading your, uh, your vitality or your, uh, or your endurance. Like it doesn't immediately let you use a new weapon, but, but it does make a huge difference for you. Yeah. And it also, it really depends on play style too. So like, I think you and I both are favoring the dash through projectiles and the reflect projectiles power ups because we, that's probably how we got hurt the most. Yeah. Um, I know that's that's true for me. If I was fighting melee guys, like, you know, if it was less than three of them, uh, I was fine no matter what. Yeah. It's just when they they I was getting sprayed with bullets or turrets that it became hard. Mm-hmm. So having something to do about that made a big difference. Yeah. Um, it's also very satisfying to reflect the bullets back. Yep. Um, that's like a very like it has that parry feeling. Yeah. A little bit to it. So it uh um, and it changes it changes so many of the boss fights very drastically. Boss fights, it also changes, it adds a little bit of that, like, uh, puzzle, like, thinking man strategy element to some of the uh, areas, especially to the south. Fucking snob. Where, yes, you fucking piece of shit. <laughs> the, uh, how dare you say that I don't think because I like Twitch action games. What? <laughs> you, know, uh, you love Twitch action games also. Why <laughs> wanna, you? What fight? am I going to do with you? Um, <laughs> Sorry. The, that's okay. I, got, I will carry on. Uh, I'm always carrying on an argument in my head. <laughs> 24 7 and i will it will come out i'm i'm just uh, i'm like uh mr oogie boogie man or whatever from nightmare before christmas but instead of bugs i'm filled with arguments with straw men <laughs> and then anytime somebody comes to personify one of those straw men mm-hmm. i'm just ready for bear yep um yeah. but it does make uh because those area there are like you know these catwalks with these snipers uh and having the reflect bullet thing just helps so much it's yeah. just like very fun to stop and kind of be like you know fuck you <laughs> like you take this bullet yep you take it <laughs> how do you like um, it you eat it. This is for you. It's your lunch, boy. Son, I packed you a bullet. 
Eat up, dick face. Do it. <laughs> so I don't understand this character you've made. <laughs> Listen, my son, I'm going to shoot you. Uh, I'm going to shoot you with dad. your own bullet. I'm going to take your bullet and I'm going to put it inside you. Yeah. Do you like that, my son? Your mother and I conceived you 18 year old, 18 years ago tonight. And therefore, you're out on your own with a bullet in the butt. Take it. It's yours. It's your allowance of bullets for the week. It's your birthright. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. Uh, buy some cigarettes. And here, take some bullets back, son. They're yours. Um, <laughs> um, I think we're, we should, we'll call it there. I think we should. Uh, yeah. We, yeah, we have uh, we have three areas next time, but we did all the generalities and stuff. Yeah. Those will go a little bit quicker. And then there's the end game, which like I don't, you know, uh, uh, the end, end boss stuff, the actual end area is great. Yeah, yeah. The actual how it all wraps up in the story. I don't know. Yeah, well, I mean, um, we're, we're going to kind of pay lip service to that. There, there are videos you can watch. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. like this show uh the best thing you can do to support it is uh oh i mean so if you have things to say about hyperlight director it's too late yes but if you have things to say about salt sanctuary it's mm-hmm. not too late um hit us up at duckbeat.tv forward slash contact mm-hmm. we'll be doing that after this um there might be a spacer episode in between with like dark souls comic or something we will see mm-hmm. but at the very least uh, that is the next major game we're covering yes um uh, in terms of the network and stuff this may be the first episode oh it's definitely the first episode that comes out after file underwater uh has released people seem to be really enjoying that um which i enjoy people liking mm-hmm. things we do that is the uh show that gary and i do about um about the band rem yes yeah and uh, that's that's very fun to do and uh we think that you'll like it if you like hearing us talk about music um or if you like rem mm-hmm. or if you just like us yeah that's a uh, that's a file underwater.net and that was made possible just like this show is made possible um by our backers at patreon so go to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv um and if you uh have it in you to kick in a couple of bucks a month um you can help make uh cool stuff like that happen yeah um we really appreciate people who stick with the uh, bonfire side chat during these off seasons yes um the future of the show you know we are uh we're figuring out what like a post dark souls bonfire side chat looks like exactly mm-hmm. um there's a wide array of things that could be um we're not going to stop putting out stuff though in general and we really appreciate people who come along for the ride yeah kind of with us you know if yeah. uh, if that makes sense um also uh, of note i'm very proud to announce and, and say that um our community members are doing a charity uh event yes in march yeah. uh, called duck spring um we we do uh duck stream during the fall um, everybody wanted to get involved. All, all the pe- wonderful people who are on that Slack, who are part of our, you know, who are patrons and, and friends and fans and stuff, wanted to get involved. And they are also doing a uh, a weekend live stream to benefit the Transactive Gender Center. Yes. Um, so that runs from March the seventeenth um, through to Monday, the uh, the twentieth. And uh, Gary, you, both you and I, uh, we have shifts during that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be uh, that first Friday night, uh, late night. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to play Isaac probably anti-birth for several hours. Um, what I might try to do actually is <laughs> we just recorded the check it out comrade on afterbirth plus and anti-birth. And I might play them both and try to illustrate uh, the difference of like one of, while one of them is, you know, wildly impressive and one of them is a mild disappointment Yeah, uh, by doing them back to back. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm going to be on uh, Sunday early morning, uh, like 8 a.m. Uh, Eastern time in the, in, in the Greer slot. Uh, not sure quite what I'm playing just yet. Going to be in the Greer slot, eh? Yeah. Well, I mean, just uh, that's uh, that's when Jeremy Hanging likes out. to likes to pop in. You know, he's uh, he's, yeah. he's he's an 8 a.m. boy, and I'm an 8 it's, it's, I'm an 8 a.m. boy too. <laughs> it's like a uh, like a hot tub. <laughs> it's like going down to the Greer slot. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Hey. I and mean, I guess I said it that way. But yeah, you, you said yeah, it. That's, <laughs> that's the thing. I don't know why I yeah. feel bad. <laughs> Greer, we're gonna we're gonna get you a slot. Yeah, it's your birthday. You're 18. Here. You get the slot now. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so bad uh but i'm not sure what i'm gonna play just yet uh it, it might may or may not be a horror based thing maybe something weird on pc like one of my one of my little like uh management sim kind of things i don't know well it'll be announced don't worry yeah 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 so yeah we uh we recommend uh you you check that out when that happens again it's a couple weeks out but um you know we, we your support would be very very appreciated um there will be a link to donate and yeah. stuff watch our social media channels and stuff and those are just our shifts everyone else is doing all kinds of cool stuff so yeah. if you want to see kind of uh this community that we we've had a, a part in putting together you mm-hmm. know I'm, I'm honored and humbled to say um get to see what they do there's a wide variety of cool things to watch yes um, last year they did it was a success and we're hoping this year will also be a success yeah for sure so um keep an eye out for that more details uh, to come later the full schedule um, et cetera, and on down the line. Um, this is a fantastic time for the network. Very happy with the, with the work that we're doing and people who stuck around for the, for the off season. I don't know. Just feel good. And, uh, yeah. it's, it's all thanks to you for sticking around and listening. That's a good time. Yeah. Um, so until next time, Cole, what should they do? Um, they should, ugh, I don't know. Desperate hunger for yeah. progress. <laughs> Distortion of life, devouring body. <laughs> do you want me to put some bongo under that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, the first victim of the invasion. The first victim of the invasion, son. It's going to be you. <laughs> Precious moments captured by this crystal. It's yours. I'm going to put it in you. This crystal is yours. Now. Take it. I don't want to have it son, anymore. It is yours. You're 18 and your mother and I are giving you a crystal. We've waited so long for you to have this crystal. Now get out of my house because you don't live here anymore. No, no. This roof. <laughs> where, wherever you stand, I will take the roof out from over top of you. Uh, you <laughs> know that I am a certified contractor, son. It's been 18 years. <laughs> Me and my strong friends will dismantle your box no we're gonna take it apart whatever you live in my strong boys are going to take away your clothes and your house and you'll be exposed to the elements my strong boys were licensed and bonded and we will we will ruin you if you do not move quickly please plumber jake don't take no shit no plumber jake will build you a cage he'll build you a cage of plumbing pipe cage hot pipe son hot Hot pipe. pipe We all pray that we will have far more soon. Hot pipe. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dumbest fucking thing we've ever. I, ho- I hope you memorized it because that's our new outro. <laughs> that's, that's our new sign-off. So hopefully- hot pipe, son. <laughs> hot pipe. <laughs>